Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Monticello. This is Sunday, September the 25th, 2022, celebrating our 150-year anniversary. This sermon is by Bishop Amy Current. The lector is Reverend Bob Wessels. Special music by the grandchildren and Reverend Karen. Thank you to Galen and Zeta Harms for sponsoring this week's broadcast in celebration of their September birthday. Thank you for joining us today.
Wayne Zion Lutheran Church, often called the Church Amongst the Cornfields, is located in Wayne Township of Jones County in rural Monticello, Iowa. The congregation is celebrating 150 years of growth in faith, worship, and praise, yet our purpose to serve Christ remains the same. We remain one in Christ yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Sixteen families of the Lutheran faith bonded together on June 1, 1872 to organize Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church, later to become known as Wayne Zion due to its location in Wayne Township. 811 baptized members continue to provide the strong faith basis for the mission of our church, sharing the good news through Jesus Christ. That a foundation of Lutheran ministry has prevailed to the present is a tribute to the vision and faith of our ancestors. The first house of worship was a single 28 by 48 structure dedicated in 1873. In 1927, both a new school and parsonage were added. In 1964, ground was broken for the new church, which continues to provide for our congregation today. Long-standing traditions at Wayne Zion reflect service to others through our weekly radio broadcasts, Harvest Festival each year, and Social Concerns Outreach. Over the past 150 years, 12 pastors have provided ministry, guidance, and leadership for the congregation. Many improvements have continued to make Wayne Zion the church community it is today. Pastor Wade Reddy has led our congregation for the past seven years. His genuine ability to relate to both young and old has helped us grow in faith and service. He has promoted the practice of opening a mission investment fund for each baptized child. Wayne Zion's ministries have served its members, local communities, and global mission projects, which are rooted and anchored in the Word of God, the sacraments, the cross of Christ, and fellowship with one another. As the next 25 years go by and life at Wayne Zion continues to grow and change, it can be remembered and celebrated that we are always one in Christ, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. To God be all honor and glory. Please rise for the confession and forgiveness. We gather in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. 
Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering song is 812. Let us sing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. and for all who offer here their worship and praise. 
Let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, rich in mercy, you look with compassion on this troubled world. Feed us with your grace and grant us the treasure that comes only from you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
Wow. <laughs> what a welcome back. To hear your voices again. And I especially noticed the director. <laughs> she was having a ball. <laughs> and so was every member of the choir. Joy is a joyful thing. And it fills our life with more joy. In case you've forgotten me, my name is Bob. <laughs> I was the one who stumbled around here for a couple years. But that didn't teach you enough lessons, so then a couple years later, you invited me back. <laughs> that was a mystery. Nobody ever had invited me back again. But you folks did. And Marge and I are grateful. This place is a special place in our heart. By the way, Marge just had a great birthday. 90 years old. And all our children did her proud. One of those children, about to marry our youngest daughter, drove us here. I suppose it was because his wife threatened him or something. <laughs> but we're so, so glad Buddy chose to drive us here safely. Not a scar, we didn't even have a <gasps> moment. <laughs> but he just took good care of us. Our youngest daughter was Anne Marie. I don't know whether you remember her coming and going occasionally. But now she and Buddy are contemplating marriage. And uh, Marge and I are watching every step. I don't know what else do you do with kids. <laughs> we had a decision to make few months earlier when uh, the internet sometimes is a culprit. Our children were talking to each other about our, all of our failings and stumblings and finally the oldest one and his wife drove up to Iowa rented a U-Haul truck, backed it up to our garage, and pointed and said, it's either now or never. And so we moved. We didn't want to lose our children over just a spat. After all, we were still mad at them about other things. <laughs> But uh, what do you do? You just obey your children. 
you move there, you get there, and they made it all possible. Grandkids showed up and they carried a lot of stuff. Our oldest daughter, with whom we were living in Lincoln, Nebraska, that is correct, Nebraska. <laughs> we, we have a Nebraskaite there. You know what it means to live in a foreign land then, don't you? <laughs> but we moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, and the pandemic followed us. And so we did whatever the doctor said. We got shots in the right, we got shots in the left. We stayed away from big stores. Well, we made a mistake once, but that was a mistake. Some days on the pandemic, those stores were just packed. Maybe they were afraid of what was coming when you couldn't find stuff anymore. Marge and I are settled now in a one-bedroom apartment, kind of in the southeast part of Lincoln, Nebraska. And if you haven't been there lately, boy, has it grown. <laughs> they were saying that about the time of the pandemic, it had grown by 300,000. That's a bunch of people. And guess what? Nebraska also has a football team, just like Iowa. <laughs> but they talk about it a lot more. That's all they can do. They can't win games. I'm sorry. No, no rocks, please. No rocks. <laughs> Yeah, it is a it is a problem. Our youngest son, who's a carpenter, who just lives about a little less than a mile from us, we see him often. If they notice that we might be needing something, they show up. They bring us stuff even when we don't want it. <laughs> but our kids have really been watching over us. And you, as you say, you could see me just bounce up here, couldn't you? <laughs> nah, that's just a lie. You're just telling me. I don't bounce any place except off the floor. <laughs> Although I changed my, my uh, approach. Went to church about uh, two weeks ago. I got out of the car like I usually do on my side and got quickly to the back of the car and I was going to help Marge out of the car. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. She was out of the car, standing beside me on the sidewalk and I was leaning on the car and my brain told me the car is rolling away. It was in park. Why couldn't I have remembered that? But my body said my car was leaving me. I saw Marge on the sidewalk, so I kind of shook myself a little bit straighter. 
and reached for a steel pole standing along the sidewalk. I thought that I could hang on to. Wrong again. Fell right flat on the sidewalk, skinned this all off here. I had enough so I could skin a little bit. I got the dizzy disease. We went to the ER. That didn't work. They couldn't tell us anything. I went to the to the doctor, to the medical section of the hospital. Doctor looked me over. He saw the same thing that you always saw me when I was in front of you. Craziness. <laughs> and still haven't figured out. They had a name for it, but I can't remember it anyway. So I've been in the ups and the downs. As you can see, I've aged some places considerably. But life goes on. God is good to us all the time. You hear that from your pastor often. Believe it. Live it just like you are. I want to thank you. Thank Pastor Wade for the opportunity to be his associate for a while. To learn from him. I thank you for the people who have lived the Christian life. Who have sung the Christian life. And who have shared it with others in the community. Who have invited them in to share in the joy of believing. Thank you for all you've taught me in the time that I was with you, and I don't know what you think. It wasn't very long for me. It went by real fast. And the drive from down south up here was just nothing compared to working and living life with you guys. Thank you, Wade. Thank you to each of you. Thank you for sharing yourselves in a way that rubbed off on me, and in some cases to Marge. I really, really thank you. You asked me to come up here and to read because that's what guides us. The first lesson, the introduction says that the prophet Amos announces Israel's great wealth is a cause not for rejoicing, but rather sorrow. Because God's people have forgotten how to share their wealth with the poor. The wealthy 
will be the first to go into exile when judgment finally comes. And so Amos warns us. Alas for those who are at ease in Zion, for those who feel secure on Mount Samaria, alas for those who lie on beds of ivory, lounge on their couches, eat lambs from the flock, calves from the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp. And David improvises on instruments of music, who drink wine from bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, they will now be the first to go into exile. The revelry of the longers shall pass away. The first reading. I now will turn with you to the second reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6. The introduction tells us Timothy is, he, is reminded of the confession he made at his baptism and as implications for daily life. His priorities will be different from those of people who merely went to be rich. Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment, but we are brought nothing into the world, so we can take nothing out of it. But if we have fond and, or excuse me, food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless, harmful desires that plunge people deep into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. In their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and for which you have made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the presence of God who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who is his testimony before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. I charge you to keep the commandments without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ 
which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, King of kings, Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal domination. Amen. As for those who are in the present age, are rich, command them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who ritually provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. This story up, storing up for ourselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The end of the second reading from Timothy. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come to lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. The rich man called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in the flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus likewise many evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then Father, I beg you to send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may warn them so that they will not come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. 
He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It's good to be with you. Thank you for having me. My name is Amy Current. I serve as your bishop. It is lovely to be with you in this place. It's fun to be here with you in person. It's wonderful to drive up to this building that I've only seen in pictures until this morning and to watch the vibrant community, the generations gathering on this day for celebration. Thank you for having me. Thanks be to God for 150 years of ministry through the people and generations of Wayne Zion Lutheran Church. It's good to be with you as you culminate this sesquicentennial celebration. What fun it's been to observe the thoughtful ways that you have marked this anniversary. So many celebrations all well worth it, all gatherings of people of the faith. And today we gather to hear the word of God, to pray for the people of God, to respond to God in faithfulness, with singing, with prayer, with praise, and with fellowship. What a gift it is to be people of faith, remembering God's faithfulness through all of the years, Certainly in times of joy, certainly in times of sorrow, through the generations that have been baptized, confirmed, married, and buried, always focused on telling all people the good news through Jesus Christ. On this day of celebration, I have the privilege of being with you and greet you on behalf of the 134 other congregations in the Southeastern Iowa Synod. We are with you on this day and in these years past and to come as we share this mission of telling the good news of Jesus together. I also greet you on behalf of my colleagues in the office of the bishop. It was fun for me to be able to be the one here today, but there's others of us that are out and about preaching and sharing the good news of God in other congregations today as well. So you are remembered in prayers throughout the whole synod this morning. I want to let you know that one of the main things that I feel called to do in the office of the bishop is to be uh, certain and centered on proclaiming Jesus. So your mission statement is one that is profound and in my opinion important. Because what is it that we do as the people of God but to share the good news of Jesus when we gather at worship and in our daily lives as well? We in my office also are committed to equipping you as a congregation and accompanying you in the twists and turns and opportunities, joys and sorrows that come your way. I hope you know that we are here with you and our partners for you in that ministry and for the future ministry that's before you. 
I wonder, as I have been thinking and praying for you, how it is that the Holy Spirit is calling you forward. What will the next 150 years have in store for you? How will you respond to God's gift of grace so that more and more people will come to know Jesus? I give thanks for your faithful ministry. On this day, I give thanks for Pastor Reddy and the way in which he has been leading you in these recent years and for all of the pastors and leaders that have come before him as well. And on this day, as it's a day marking celebration, looking back, it's also a day to welcome and encourage the leaders of the future. Who among you will share your gifts for the ministry of the generations to come? I recognize your generosity. A little bit later in the service, we will recognize the generosity of the children and families that have been collecting noisy offerings, right? But also the regular offering. When you give of yourselves, not only the financial offering, but the offerings of your voices, of your talents, of your time, as you care for this building and the community around you, I give you thanks. And for your mission support for the offerings that you share from your own um, financial resources, for the ways that you give of your money, of your wealth. Be that a tiny amount or from your abundance, I give thanks for that. And the ways that it makes a difference in the lives of this congregation, your larger community, and the fact that a portion of that mission support comes to the Synod and supports our ministry. It supports the fact that I'm standing here among you today, but so much more. So many ways that we really build one another up in the faith. And then that is added to all of the other congregations and ministries. And then 53.5% of that goes to support the ministry of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And so from the offering plate this morning, and the ways that we share that so abundantly, your offering makes a difference in the lives of people throughout the entire world. You might not think about that very often. When we're writing that check for $10, $20, $50, maybe a quarter in the noisy offering, right? That makes an impact on the life of the whole world so that more and more people can know Jesus and his love. For that, I give you thanks. Thank you for your generosity in the spirit. Thank you for your partnership in sharing the good news of Jesus and his abundant love. It's good to be with you today. So here we go. We have all of these texts this morning from Amos and 1 Timothy and Luke and as we gather for a time of celebration, I say to you that some of these texts are sobering, right? It is sobering as we sit here in a time of celebration in a building that is beautifully kept with instruments that are amazing um, and give praise to God in our Sunday duds, right? We gather on this day, people of privilege, full parking lot, generations and generations of wealth. 
The gospel story ends today with Jesus through Abraham saying this, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. And with that final statement, the gospel writer brings us right back to the foot of the cross and the empty tomb. For Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is risen from the dead, and we live in that promise every day. We live in this time, we often refer to it as the already and the not yet, right? Jesus is risen from the dead, yet the kingdom that God promises and desires for us is still unfolding and yet to come. Jesus has already promised forgiveness, mercy, grace, and life eternal for all. Yet the promised kingdom of God, where God's will is done, where all will be welcome, where all will have a place at the feast, where all are one, where the powerful are brought down and the lowly are lifted up, and where the weeping and crying and pain are no more. This promise of God is not yet, right? We know this to be true. As this parable, frankly, is all too true. For we know Lazarus. We know Lazarus laying in a doorway, a tarp under a bridge for their home, begging for food, standing with a sign along roadways, maybe a little bit closer to home, prisoners in the next town down the road, those that are unhoused, down and out, the disregarded, those we try not to see. Maybe someone you know. Maybe it's someone in your own family. Maybe you yourself have been there. But truth be told, for those of us that have the privilege of showing up here today at Wayne Zion this morning, we are more likely akin to and familiar with the life of the rich man. Well-dressed, well-fed, secure homes, well-respected, navigating our way through life with much privilege called on at times to share from our wealth to give to the poor, but mostly like the rich man, we are often more comfortable keeping the poor, ragged ones out of sight and out of minds. Yep, this news, this story should make us shift in our seats a bit. Jesus in this parable calls us to see ourselves in the mirror, and it should make us feel a little bit uncomfortable because Jesus is calling us to love God 
and love one another as we love ourselves. How are we called to live out God's promise? How are we called to live out God's promise, which is for all to have life and have life abundantly? We get a glimpse of this call in Jesus. For in Jesus' life, as we have watched and we have observed and we have heard the stories again and again, Jesus' life on earth enacted a little bit of the kingdom to come. We pray that it may be so on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus welcomed the outcasts. Jesus had dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors. Jesus loved the sinners. Jesus modeled love for all, genuine hospitality, promising healing, renewal, restoration, and life for all, one person at a time. And this love This love that Jesus shared stirred up trouble. For as Jesus was sharing love, he was disrupting the status quo, and he showed himself and God's love to the folks that were in the fine linens at the time and were holding fast to their privilege and to what they knew to be God's law that would keep order. They were forgetting At the same time, God's call to the poor, the orphans, and the widows. In sharing love and inviting even the sinners, Jesus became an outcast himself. And not only an outsider, but a troublemaker. Not only a troublemaker, but a blasphemer. Someone who claimed to speak for God. And for that... He was put to death. And in his dying, we are promised that he gathered in his open arms the whole world. The pain, the suffering, the sorrow, the disregard, the hate, the arrogance, all of the sinners, and held us all. And he died. And then we're told he descended into hell. In fact, when we confess our faith in the words of the creed, we confess just this. That when Jesus died and descended to hell, he crossed the chasm that was fixed. Jesus crossed the chasm that stood between heaven and hell. And in rising then, promised new life for all. New life for all, now and in the life to come, where death and evil are destroyed, where Jesus' life, death, and resurrection do bring about God's promise of abundant life for all. This is good news for us. This is good news for us who are called to share the good news of Jesus. This is good news for us that gather here today. This is good news for us for those who have not yet heard the story of Jesus. This is good news for the richest and the poorest in the world. 
For Jesus loves us all. There is hope for the world, even now. Because even as we continue to fall short, because, friends, we fall short, even as we continue to sin, turning away from God and God's beloved ones, even as we continue to turn a blind eye to those in need, even if we lose sight of God's promise for us, even when we don't feel worthy of God's love, God is still God. Jesus is still risen from the dead. The promise of life is still true. And the Holy Spirit is renewing us even as I speak. For as we recognize all of our sins and shortcomings, the risen Lord crosses the chasm of sin and death and loves us back to life. Jesus, through his love, turns our hearts inside out so that we might learn to see each person, each and every one, as one Jesus loves. And then, and then we join Jesus in being the body of Christ. As we gather at his table of mercy, sinners each one, we are forgiven and we are sent. And we are sent to tell the good news through Jesus Christ. Wayne Zion, this is still true today and will remain so for another 150 years plus. And I pray that you will continue to respond to God's gift of faith as you continue forward in mission, forgiven and free to share God's love and God's mercy for the life of the world. Beginning with the people at our doorsteps. Let us go and remember the poor, remembering all along that God forgives all of the sinners. Thanks be to God.
to share the affirmation of our faith as it's found in the Apostles' Creed. You'll find this on page 105 in your hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As scattered grains of wheat are gathered together into one bread, so let us gather our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of God's good creation. And you'll find the prayers on the back of your celebrate insert. O God, rich in mercy, fill your church with righteousness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Empowered the baptized by your spirit to be rich in good works and ready to share for our neighbor. Bless those called to lead your church with gentleness and humility. For our bishops, Elizabeth Eden, presiding bishop of the ELCA, and Bishop Amy Current of the Southeastern Iowa Synod. For pastors and deacons, God of grace. Protect the earth and its creatures, provide water and food, shelter and favorable habitats, especially for endangered species. Preserve threatened ice caps, glaciers, parks, and beaches. God of grace. Increase justice in nations, local governments, and courtrooms. Guide lawyers and those who hold public office to act with compassion and discernment. For the Honorable Lars Anderson, Iowa District 6, Chief Justice and his associate judges and local magistrates, God of grace, give food to the hungry, set the captive free, lift up those who are bowed down and watch over the stranger, tend to those who are ill. We especially name before you this morning Kalinda Stadmuller, Teresa Engelbart, Marilyn Streeper, Carol Hine. Gwen Edwards, Henry Poppy, Sandy Jensen, and for family and friends, Charles Walters, Jenny Boken, Sherry Shada, Dana Green Laycock, Deb Whitford, and those that we hold in our hearts. Stir us to see and to act in the best interest of our neighbors. God of grace. Enliven our praise, inspire musicians, artists, poets, and all who celebrate the beauty in this place. For those who have planned and led our worship on this 150th anniversary Sunday, Barb Andreessen, Frederick Barak, Ruth Carter, David Barak, Clara Smith, Kathy Harms, God of grace, lead us and inspire us, O God, as we journey forth in faith from this sesquicentennial celebration into the years to come, telling more and more people the good news of God through Jesus Christ, God of grace. Enfold the saints who have died in your arms, your loving care, 
and grant that the holy angels accompany us and bring us to eternal life with them in the light of your presence. God of grace, gather together in sweet communion with the Holy Spirit. Gracious God, we offer these prayers and all our prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. It has been a long time. Let us share the peace of Christ with one another in whatever way that you feel most comfortable doing. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated, and Connor, this is the time. I'm going to invite you to come forward, and all of the children can join us with Connor. I'm going to have you come on right up here. We're going to invite Bishop Current to come forward, too. And uh, kids, come on up. You have been so good. We need to wiggle a little bit and come up front here. And as they're making their way here, um, I just wanted to share with you, it was perfect last week as we were talking, Bishop Current, we were talking about the... Uh, the dishonest manager, and we thought, you know, there was another hard text for us. But we were thinking, how can we be astute? How can we be creative for God's kingdom as the dishonest manager was for his own benefit? But we looked at the benefit of God's kingdom. So we came up with the idea through, Luther, through Lutheran Social Services of Iowa that we would take on the challenge in which they asked congregations throughout Iowa to raise money for the kids in Waverly, Iowa. We have a group home there, and some of the kids are there for a short period of time, and then they go back to their homes. Other times, they're without a home. And so we provide a home for them. And uh, it was through this offering. Uh, we did this for uh, three months, and uh, you all grabbed your quarters during the week. It's something you look forward to. You make a difference in the life of the church. And so, Connor, I'm going to invite you to present to our bishop, who's also on the board of directors for LSI, this gift of $606. So, thank you so very much for this gift. Thank you for um, being um, leaders in the congregation that on Sunday mornings you carry these cups around and offer people the opportunity to share, right? You're collecting your pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters and you're allowing all of these folks to do the same. And that gets multiplied and then get puts into a piece of paper, right? That seems really small compared to a really like full bucket of coins, right? But here's the thing, this is gonna make a difference in the lives of children, like, like y'all, right? I was just on the campus of where this is being sent to and I got a, a tour of um, the school and the buildings where the youth in need stay and spend their days. I met the staff and um, I can tell you that this, this gift um, will go to good use to support these people in need. I understand it's focused for Christmas, and so it will provide a way for youth and families that, that don't often have, a need, have enough to um, have lots of gifts under the Christmas tree and might provide a gift 
for some of these children that, that have a need. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your generosity and that we can be partners together with Lutheran Services in Iowa. This is a gem in our state in so many ways and I'm so proud of our church and your congregation for being a partner in this really essential ministry for the good of all. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well done. Give yourselves a hand. Our service continues with a very special prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes the Lord is heavy, and sometimes the road is long, and sometimes, Lord, this heart of mine is not so
thank you for that wonderful gift. Thank you to Frederick and Ruth, David and Clara, grandchildren of Pastor Karen who served this congregation for 20 years and was in the office the day that he died in 1958 and we're so glad to have you come back and be with us. I want to thank Galen and Zeta Harms in sponsoring today's radio broadcast that will be heard on KMCH 94.7 FM in celebration of their September birthdays. We'd also like to thank Bishop Current for your time with us and bringing that wonderful message of being aware of our neighbor and pushing us as the gospel does to both now and the not yet in caring for one another through the gospel. Thank you Pastor Bob and Marge for being with us to celebrate with us and uh, it is just a joy to have you among us. Please remain seated in your pew following today's worship service and you'll be ushered out so that you can greet uh, Bishop Current and Pastor Bob at the back of the church before leaving and then you'll be ushered out by pews. Our celebration for those who've purchased tickets will continue at the Burndy Center. When you arrive, go ahead and find a table and, uh, and there's coffee, lemonade and water. Go ahead and grab something, a beverage. If you go ahead and take a look at the heritage tables that we have in the back and dinner will be served at noon. That's our goal, to try to serve the dinner at noon. With that, let us receive our benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let us rise and sing, crown him with many crowns, and we'll sing stanzas one, three, and five.
for the poor. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.